Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast, where we cover all the steps and strategies to make your real estate dreams a reality. Now your hosts, Jason and Peely. So do you fix and flip houses or invest in real estate or just want to get started doing so? Well, Alpha Funding has you covered with fast, flexible, and reliable service and rates starting as low as 8.99%. Fast closings, no tax documentation or bank statements required, no prepayment penalties, seasoning or minimum draw requirements. Alpha Funding, the softer side of hard money. To get yourself pre-approved today, go to alphafunding.com or call 732-657-2014. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for checking back out with us. And of course, when you like what you hear, which I'm sure you will, we got a great guest today. Please go over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and review. It also helps a lot of other real estate investors find the show. Well, we are super excited to welcome Mitch Steven to the show today. Mitch, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, Mitch has been a self-employed real estate investor for over 20 years, and his real estate investing career started at the age of 23 when he was reading Nothing Down by Robert Allen. Uh, Mitch, together with his wife, Tommy, and his daughter, Shannon, purchased their first fair share of local houses, uh, and their company, Independence Bank Inc., has brought and sold, it says over 1,500 properties, but I know it's over 2,000 in and about San Antonio since 1996. And this company specializes in buying distressed properties with other people's money and selling those properties with owner financing. Uh, his Stephen family has built wealth by purchasing very affordable homes, selling them for double the cost, and owner financing the sale by creating a note to the buyer. Uh, some things about Mitch, he's the author of a series of books, My Life in a Thousand Houses, even though that's actually should be My Life in 2,000 Houses. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Down Forward to Financial Freedom, 200 Plus Ways to Find Bargain Properties, and the art of owner financing. So it, we got so much that we could really just break into here, but we're, we're just going to take it back and say that you, you're at 23. What was the impetus? Why? And what was the thing besides the book? What was it that just said, okay, I'm going to go after real estate today. And what did that first action step look like? Oh, it wasn't anything uh, exciting or it wasn't even calculated. I bought I bought a place to live in that was a one bedroom efficiency condo. I don't endorse condos because of the maintenance fees and everything, but I didn't know any better. I made every mistake in the book, starting with buying a condo that had unfettered association dues or whatever, you know, condo fees. Uh, and it was a one bedroom efficiency. And then I, then later I found a, another condo that had two bedrooms and was two baths and I, and it, you know, had this, prettier pool and the whole place was nicer and I decided to to rent out my first one and, and, and move into the second one. And then I found that if I had my first one rented and I had the extra bedroom rented, I was like living for free and it was like an accidental light bulb kind of goes off and it says, you know, I have learned to try to duplicate things that I like and I've learned to try to run away from things that, that I don't like or, or that hurt me. So that's all it was is a whole lifetime of like, well, that was fun. How do you do that again? And wow, that hurt like hell. Damn sure don't want that to happen again. And just <laughs> keep, keep making adjustments and rules. And so you, you get what you want and you don't get what you don't want. Oh, I love that. You still buy condos today if it's the right property? I mean, you know, every, everyone says, yeah, I'm sure I'll buy a condo for a dollar or $2 or, or $2,000. But, but for the most part, um, that, that association dues will throw you out on – on, on, on it really being a real investment that you can have 
as much control over as possible because you don't have control over that and it eats up a lot of the profit and shrinks your market. So anyways, I have bought some condos and flipped them, but I already knew where I was going with them when I bought them. Sure. And your core business today is buying properties and the other financing of the properties. Is that correct? Yeah. So like a typical case example, I'll just run the numbers here real quick. Don't split hairs with me. Just understand the theory. Sure. I buy Walmart houses for Walmart people. I don't buy fancy houses. I don't buy nice houses. I, well, I mean, I do buy nice houses. I don't buy in war zones. Uh, I'll, I'll wholesale those or, or flip those out. But um, my goal is to find middle America, you know, $250,000 or less. And, and really what works in the owner financing strategy is 150000 or less. And let's say I can buy a house for 50000 I borrow fifty-two because it cost me $2,000 to find that person. And when I say I'm borrowing the fifty-two, it's all in. If I'm going to do rehab, it's in there. If I, you know, my $2,000 for my advertising, it's in there. I mean, I'm talking about I don't have one penny out of pocket. Not, you know, maybe to mow the yard or clean a window or something, but not even enough worth talking about. So I'm all in at 52. I owner finance the house. Wait, and I borrow that. I borrow that money at eight percent, five, six, seven year amortization from a private lender. Let's just say my payment's 350 a month, and it's fixed and it's wrappable and it's collateral only and it's it's um, uh, non-recourse. I mean, it's a beautiful loan. It's just I'm either going to pay you or I'm going to hand you the deed this house, and I have that choice every day of my life. And if you don't like that choice, then don't loan me the money. But here's the reason why you'll loan me the money. Because I'm fixing to sell this house for 100000 with 10000 down. And I'm fixing to collect 10 to 10.5% interest for 30 years fixed, no balloons. And so um, my, my buyer is going to give me 10 grand. I picked up, you know, my advertising money when I borrowed. So I got that two grand back in my left hand pocket. And I'm creating a $500 cash flow because my buyer owes me $850 principal interest and I owe $350. That's the wrappable part. The mortgage this guy has to me wraps around the mortgage I have to my lender. It's called a wraparound mortgage. They pay me, I pay my lender. They don't pay me, I still pay my lender because it's none of my business, none of my lender's business whether I got paid or not. He just wants his payment. And that's one of the reasons why I've been around for 24 years is I don't make my, my private lenders problem. I don't make my problems, my private lender problems. If the house burns down, my private lenders will never know. They just get payments. They just get paid. They, they don't smell any smoke. They don't, unless they see it in the newspaper, they don't know. Amazing. Well, you know, I have a question. It actually came up from a friend. If the original seller of the house, if they go out and look to buy another house, uh, does the wrap mortgage um, basically cover up or, or, or constitute that it, that's not going to hit them as a debt when they're going to buy another house? Well, uh, let me see if I understand the question. You're talking about if my buyer wants to sell and move on. Yeah, I'm sorry. So you, you buy the house from the original seller. That seller goes and buys another house. Since you're basically doing seller financing on the house, is it? I think we're misunderstanding. I have $15 million worth of private lenders. My seller, the people, my motivated sellers that I buy the house from, yep. they get paid off. They're done. Oh, so they're getting paid out. I got it. And you're, you're some from a private lender. You know, I'm paying my seller. I'm paying, when I acquire the house, I'm paying off that seller. Got it. My private money. 
got it. And then you're wrapping it from there, going back and again. Yeah, because that, that lender has given me permission to wrap the loan. And it's not like a sub two from one of the bigger banks out there. I mean, they're not going to give you permission to wrap. There will always be a due on sale clause. My private money, part of the deal is I'm paying you 8%, if not 10%. And I can explain the differences. If anybody wants to contemplate loaning me money, I pay six to eight to nine to 10%. There's just a little bit the more I pay you, the little bit more you have to do for me, but it all makes sense. The reason why it really makes sense is in the scenario, I borrowed $52,000 to acquire a house, and I'm giving my private lender a first lien on that house, and I am selling it for $110,000 and carrying a $90,000 note. So this, my private lender has a first lien on a house that I just proved can be sold for hundred grand. I mean, the worst day that'll ever happen to my private lender is that I pay him on time because the best thing that'll ever happen to my private lender, although they don't believe this and they don't want it to happen because they're doctors and lawyers and they don't want houses. But the best thing that would ever happen is if I didn't pay them and they got the house and they're, they'd be in this panic for a little while until they got an attorney and then attorney say, this is easy. We're going to sell the house at a real bargain for 90 to somebody and you're going to clear, you know, $38,000 like really quick. So they're better off to have the house. That's the whole point of a private lender. And in my course, uh, you know, I'm not here to sell that course. I'm just telling you in my course, um, private money changes everything where I'm talking about how I raise this private money. And I coached a lot of people to private money, um, how to raise private money is it, it, they all got bound up in putting too much stress on themselves. My business partner right now, who I've done 350 houses with, he was like, Who's going to loan a 25-year-old kid money? Because that's when I met him. He was 25. I'm 58. I'm the old guy. And then we got the young piss and vinegar over there. The 30, he's now 32. But I met him when he was 25. He said, who's, who's going to loan me this, this 25-year-old money? I don't even own my own house. I said, you know what? There's your problem. You got a mental block. Yeah. It ain't about you. Charles Manson should have been able to get this loan. Hey, Warden, give me 50000 I'll give you a first lien on a 100000 house. If I don't pay you, you get my 100000 house. I mean, it's that simple. Well, what the hell do you have to do with it? Sure. What the hell do you have to do with it? Who cares about you? And after I broke through that mental, what, you know, mental block, he went out and raised all the private money in the world. Amazing. I love it too, right? Yeah, and you did set it up, right? It's, it's when you tell yourself you can't, you can't. When you tell yourself you can, you can. So that's well, part of the part of the reason you hire a coach or you get a course is to change your mindset, to prove to yourself, well, like if these people can do it, I can do it. I mean, you know, and then you find out reasons why you've been holding yourself back. Another one was, you know, I have bad credit or I had a bankruptcy. Who's going to loan me money? You know, I just said Charles Manson, who committed multiple murders and was in jail, should have been able to get this loan because it had nothing to do with him. So it was all about what, what, what does the lender get if you default? And if it's good enough, you're getting the loan. Yeah, now, you're, doing, you're doing this on such volume, right? And to do this on such volume, how are you, how are you actively being able to find so many deals that are being able to pencil out? I'm a freaking pro. I've been doing it for 24 years. I know, I know more about a plastic. I could write 18 pages on a plastic sign. I want, what, what a plastic sign, what can happen and what cannot happen with a plastic sign? I mean, you know, um, that being said, 
Give us the steps. If someone's listening today saying, I just want to get one and get and start rolling the ball, what's a point? What's a good action? It's a numbers game, just like getting the private money or anything else. People think that, you know, well, I wrote two contracts this week and I didn't get anything and I've been doing it for, okay, you've been doing it for 12 months and so you wrote 24 contracts. That's bullshit. I mean, you've got to write hundreds of contracts. I mean, you know what I mean? Like a week even, like write 50 a week, you know. Get yourself out there. Give yourself a chance. I mean, you're not going to win the mega Powerball buying one ticket, probably. You'll have a lot better chance if you buy 10,000 tickets. Love it. Love it. So massive action. Go out there. Don't be afraid. Right? Massive action and put out a million contracts and just whatever comes back. Get, get ready for people to tell you that to get off their property, you know? And then still stay with them. I send every – here's a tip. I send, Every time I make an offer – uh, you know, I get calls. We got people going out. We're talking on the phone. We got anytime we get someone that wants to talk to us, we make the offer, even if they don't like it, even if they cuss us out, we send them a hard copy in the mail. And it's all completely filled out with our offer. Just we haven't signed the bottom. We don't sign, you know, we want to leave a bunch of contracts laying around with our signature. But it, we're instructing them to sign it and return it in the envelope provided. Now we don't pay the return postage but we have provided an envelope that's already filled out. You just got to sign it and put it in there and go to the post office and put a stamp on it, you know, put you know, however much postage it needs. Um, and, and we buy a lot of houses from people that have cussed us out before, you know, four or five, six months later, they're calling you and saying, like, I don't remember this guy. I think this guy, I think this guy was the guy that called me a bunch of nasty names in the front yard. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, no I'm sure. Uh, and, and then so you just, you know, you file that kind of push it back. And then you say, hey, so why did, why did you decide to um, go with me? They said, because you're the only guy that ever took the time to write a real contract. And it's been sitting on his dresser or his armoire for the last six months. And his circumstances got tighter and tighter and tighter until he just came to the resolve of, screw it, I'm signing this contract and I'm getting done with this thing. And I was the only guy that ever seen a contract. And it sat there on his, on his you know, master bedroom sink or armoire or his bed stand for six months tempting him the whole time. I love that. That's great. And you made it real for him instead of just throwing an offer and then turning and disappearing into the night. You, know, you just send him an email. You know, email is yeah. one thing, but you get something in the mail that sits yeah. there on the desk. You know what I mean? I love that. You know, I like one of the things is if you're, if you're looking for the yes, you're going to be always disappointed. But if you're chasing no's and then seeing it, that means you're taking action, then a yes is going to come. More you know, no's said, you can get. I said that my private money changes everything. I said, I said, here, here's an easy goal. Do what I'm telling you to do 50 times in a row. I bet you can't get, I, this is your goal is to get 50 no's in a row. I bet you can't do it. I love it. I bet you a hundred bucks. You can't get 50 people to say you, that they're not going to loan you money in a row. I bet you can't do it. And no one's ever done it. But the problem no. is the ones that fail never make it to 50. That's right. They never get to the 50. Uh, that's right. But it tempers your mind too. And you get set up to you say, okay, you know, the no is not that bad. It's just a step for me to get to the next no and the next no. And then eventually you're right. But yeah, yeah. I love that fact. So it changes, it changes rejection to success. Hey, I got another no. I only got 49 to go. Woo-hoo, I'm on a roll. Uh, I love it. <laughs> How does that, so what kind of team do you put together in your process? You're doing so much value. What kind of team members do you have around you to make this a fluid transaction? Okay. So, um, I paid $30,000 for this in a mastermind. It was $20,000 for the chair. And then by the time you fly there and get hotels and eat with these rich people, which is always like $250 a meal, uh, you know, you spend 30 grand on four, you know, one a quarter, a quarterly meeting four times a year, you know, four yep. meetings. And um, 
So I went there because I tried to automate my, my business uh, three or no, four or five times by myself and I failed miserably. One of the main reasons I failed was, and I didn't know this until I got to the mastermind, because I got in a room with about 80 people, but about 30 of those people had, were exactly doing exactly what I was doing, plus or minus a little bit, but they had already automated and they were traveling the world and they were doing this volume, not being in one place at all hmm. and being all over the place. And one of the first things that happened, I'm going to answer your question here in a second. I'm just taking the no, long. Go for it. I'm, I'm following. Is um, I had to give myself permission not to do a hundred houses that year because I was going to spend most of the year working on my damn business on the end working on how many chairs, you know, I, I, when I went to the mastermind, these guys got up and they, we, we had no competitors from, from the same region, from the same city. So everyone in the room was from a different city. So we weren't competing against each other or we had different, completely different strategies. If we were from the same city, they, they didn't even match. So they're up there showing how their business runs without them and who sits in the chair and what they do and how much they pay them. And then the next guy gets up and he says the same thing. It's a little bit different. The pay is different. His structure had some more commissions and more incentive based than the other guy. But and then you watch, but after you watch about 10 of them, you know, guys get up there and show how they're doing it. You, you're, you're watching the board and you go, I like, the, I like the way this guy's handling these three chairs. He says, that's brilliant how he handled the sales guys over here. You know, and you start to put your own thing together. And then I had to give myself permission that I wasn't going to do a hundred houses this next year because I was going to spend all my time trying to get people to fill those little circles in that chart that I needed, you know, the chair at that desk. And I had to document what they were going to do. And I was going to have to train them what to do. And I was going to have to get them running and comfortable. And then I have to get another person in another chair. And you know how I failed before that was, but it was a function to go into the mastermind is I never gave myself permission to stop doing a hundred houses. And therefore there was not enough time left to really figure out an office. The first revelation is that it's going to take a massive amount of time. You better get it through your head that you're not, you know, you're going to have, to, if you're going to do this, you got to give it the time. If you're going to give it the time, then you can't do a hundred houses. So you got to give yourself permission to only do like 25 this year. Love it. For the longest time my goal was, and it always has been, I'm shooting for over a hundred houses a year. Um, some years I make it, some years I miss it. If I miss it, I don't miss it by much, but, um, but I was really focused on that goal. So that year that I sat down to do this with, with Mike Powell, uh, we didn't, we didn't do a hundred houses and, and I can proudly report to you today that the last 300 houses that have been purchased, I have not seen. I'm not even pictures in the last 300 houses that I'm in my last 300 buyers. I have not seen, not talked to them, did not even get a notification of this is okay, Mitch, this is, we're about to sell this house. These people, this is the term. I didn't get any of that either because it's all set up to be done the way I want it in the first place. So Alpha Funding Solutions offers creative financing tailored to your individual needs. Whether you're fixing, flipping distressed properties or building ground up construction, Alpha offers flexible financing to get the job done. With no minimum draw requirements, no prepay penalties, and no seasoning requirements, borrowers can create a construction loan that best suits their individual needs. Everything at Alpha is done in-house from the sales force to underwriting, construction management, and draw payouts. The team at Alpha works as a unit to best serve their happy family of over 1,000 borrowers. 
members. Experience the alpha difference today. Visit www.alphafunding.com or call 732-657-2014. Again, that's alphafunding.com and the number is 732-657-2014. There's nothing to lose and everything to gain. Alpha Funding Solutions, the softer side of hard money. in the first place so it really helps though my daughter's been sitting in, in the center of my office for 24 years and you know my people and my business partner we're all on the same page you know we've been you know my business partner hadn't been doing it as long as I have nearly about seven years in about 350 houses but that's enough you hang around someone you know that's done a lot like myself or whatever you hang around that guy for 350 deals you probably a lot of it rubbed off on you you know yeah absolutely and i'm not by any means i'm not by any means i don't want i'm I'm really um sensitive about this i don't think i'm a genius as a matter of fact i'm probably one of the biggest dumbasses that ever walked out of a high school classroom and into the world you know i really wasn't that smart but but i learned from pain and i and i and I fought hard for the things that felt good. And, and I just started to develop the system. And then over 24 years, I got pretty damn smart at this because I've been doing the same thing for 24 years. I mean, it's, it, if you can make it 24 years, you probably have figured a lot of things out, you know? I love it. And, you know, you talk about it, right? And so this is a system. You basically broke it down. You said that a deal works. You said you put the team together. You said you work a process together and you've taken massive action and you're going after no's. And people could sit here and listen and, you know, have a million, um, you know, a PhD, all these other degrees, all this other training. Um, but if you're not taking the action, it doesn't matter what you have. So kudos to you because the action is, is really the result of really the success of just going out there, putting a process in place and trying it and then learning, right? You're either going away from pain or you're going towards pleasure. It's one of the yeah, two. And you take advantage of the, of the assets that are presented to you. Like we have a guy who, who wanted to come to work for us. We liked him. He was a friend of Mike's. They went to school together in college. You know, these A&M guys, they stick together pretty tight. They're like the tightest fraternity ever, you know? Uh, and they always give each other at least a fair chance to, you know, if they're two Aggies and they just give each other a chance, whether they like each other or not. Uh, and this, so, so we decided, you know, we're going to give this guy a chance. Well, he, he, he had run a, a, a phone calling credit card, bad debt collection company. I mean, he, he had worked for that company for 10 years in a phone room. And then he was in, in the last few years, he was the manager of the phone room, outbound calling, trying to get people to pay debts that had long since been written off, pay anything towards those debts. And so we thought, well, there's a guy that knows how to run a phone room. We've been hearing a lot about outbound calling instead of sending postcards. Uh, and the guy says, well, I'd love to manage some people at outbound calling room. So now we got, three, four um, Filipino VAs, and we're paying them $5 an hour because we got to find some that speaks some tremendously good English, like tremendously good. So we're paying them more than three, but right around five with bonuses and stuff. They're calling 200 people a day. I'm contacting 800 people a day, folks, that are behind in property taxes or some list, you know, that where, there's, where, it's, the, 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 where their hand is up saying, I may have some problems with this property. We're calling 800 people a day. So if you want to know kind of the bar that you got to set to buy 100 houses in today's very competitive market, 
I mean, look at the volume, 800 a day. That's, what is that, 4,000 a, a week? No. 4,000 a week, 16,000, you know. That's just one lot. guy. Yeah. I got four acquisition managers. The other three got their own lanes, and they're doing a different list and everything. So, I mean, I don't want to discourage people, <clears throat> but it's all on autopilot after a while. I mean, when we were developing the phone room, and how do we get people to call United States you know, through some technical issues, you know, and, and, and deal with spamming, call spamming laws and all that stuff. You know what I mean? It took a little while to figure out, but after we got it figured out, we just stay in the lane and stay between the lines. And then we start hiring two callers and then three callers and then four callers. Part of the function was where are we going to get enough lists to keep these people busy year round? You know? Love it. And so with all this happening on so many different sides, going towards your ultimate goal here, you know, building out your team, hopefully achieving a hundred houses a year, what are you working on right now in your business as you move forward? Um, we, we, we've, we've bought a new office building about 7,000 square feet. We're moving everyone to, to more comfortable because we're so crowded. We're packed in people are sitting around conference tables with their headphones on working on their laptops. It's pitiful. Uh, but we found a building right next to us, the building we already own. We found a one right next to us, 7,000 square feet. We're going to get everyone their own space, and then we're going to bring in an RMLO and a, a, a closing attorney who understands owner financing. And we're trying to be like the place to come because I have a note servicing company, um, which is one of the reasons. And then I also have a taxfreefuture.com where, where um, we show people that have idle money sitting around in their retirement funds how to move the money over into a self-directed uh, account with checkbook control, self-directed IRA or self-directed solo 401k with checkbook control so they can decide and take control of their own financial future. So we have that kind of set up in there and the note business set up there. So we're kind of this, uh, I'd like to say, I have eight businesses right now that run. Um, I'm, I'm hardly involved in any of them except the one thing I do every day that will probably never end for all of us, especially if you're in an owner financing model because you got to get money out and that money stays out for a long time. It's not like a flip where it goes out for eight months and comes back and you can use it again. When I borrow the money to buy a house that I'm going to own or finance for 30 years, this money's out for 10 years, you know what I mean? Or eight years. I, so I need a lot of it. So I'm always looking for money. And that's really how I socialize. It's how I plan dinners. It's how I plan lunches. It's how I plan happy hour. I'm looking for someone to talk to about money 24 hours a day. That's basically what I do. These other businesses run, but these businesses, they run from the exhaust of the other business. Like, like I'm trying to find money and everybody, everybody's got their money in a 401k and it's run by someone else. It's like, well, if I'm going to send that many people over to get converted, I need to make that a business. That's right. Sending people there all the time. If I'm going to have to collect 500 notes a month myself and people keep calling me over and over going, will you collect my notes? How much will you charge me? And I keep saying no. I finally get tired of saying no and say, you know what? Someone get a dot-com name and open up this damn business and quit saying no to these people and start taking them, you know, because they're just coming like ants. They just won't stop. You know? So when you notice that the residual coming out of your, out of your tailpipe 
wants to come back to you. Here's a perfect example. If you, let's say you own a lumber cutting company and people bring trees to you, full grown trees, and, you, and they run them through your building. And when the tree gets to the end of the building, they got boards, okay? Well, you got a bunch of sawdust stocked up right out there and you gotta pay to haul it off. Or you could sell it to someone who wants to make something out of it, like a, another press wood board or um, uh, uh, insecticide poison that you soak it in and then you spread it around your house. I don't know. Someone's got to be making something. There's got to be a use for this sawdust. And when I find it, I'm not only not going to have to pay to haul it off, I'm going to start profiting from producing it, which I'm going to produce it whether I like it or not. I love it. Vertical integration at its finest, right? When it's, uh, it could be. Yeah, I went that whole lot way and then this young kid goes, vertical integration. Oh, shit. <laughs> No, it's spot on, right? Because at certain points, you find that you, you're you doing a, a service to help or you can do the service better by just actually doing the service you're almost doing part of already and you're taking that to the, to the 10th degree by just constantly implementing it in your business. Now you're going to be offered full circle. I mean, just amazing. Right. The yeah. second half of that was to find out who's going to take charge of the sawdust. Like, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. It's just I recognize it there. So now I got to go on this hunt to find this man. You want to partner with me on sawdust? Because let me tell you what, I'm a sawdust producing fool. I produce sawdust by the mountain loads. I need someone who's going to take it seriously to get rid of it and get paid for it. And then you find that right partner and you split with him, whatever the logical thing is. But I find when partnerships aren't 50-50, there better be a damn good reason. You know what I mean? That you can explain. But, you know, 50-50 always has worked for me for a long time. Uh, give or take a few, whether it's equitable, a little bit more one way or the other way, I don't care. Just send me a check. You know, you're my partner. You're going to run it. It was like the hard money loan business. I got so much hard money at one point in my career, I couldn't spend it all. So I had to har- open up a hard money loan business so I could loan it out to my competitors who had found deals before me. And by the way, I only loaned it out at the same exact criteria that I bought houses. So that if I had to take the house back, which, which, which meant I never paid over 65% or I never loaned over 65% of what I can own or finance it for. Amazing. It's the same criteria. So I had to start loaning out money to keep it occupied while I couldn't spend it or else my private lenders would find some other place to go with the money. And, and this is the God's honest truth. And 50% of the time they would lose the money. Because they didn't, they didn't know what to do with it. You know, well, I loaned it to Uncle Harry. Uh, yeah, he's going to start a snow cone factory. Great. Where? In Alaska. Oh, that money's gone. <laughs> that money's gone. They don't know it yet. I know it's gone. Unless, unless Uncle Harry's the most integral guy in the world. But I figured if he had money, he wouldn't have had to borrow the money. So, so I had to start this business. Well, today, you know, we have about almost $9 million in loans right now. In the streets of San Antonio, there's my little skyline in the background. I have $9 million on there. And if they pay me, great. And if they don't pay me, I get another house. For exactly what I wish I would have bought it for anyways. I'm loaning it to my competitors. It's like, I wish I would have found that deal. But you found it before me. I'll loan you the money. Mitch, this has been a wealth of information. For everyone listening, there's about... 30 different points you should go back and listen to again because you can find so many different nuggets about how to do the business, how to sustain in the business, how to vertically integrate in the business, build your team out. I mean, thanks for so much for coming on the show. Before we let you go. Yeah, um, I was going to say, let me stop you right there, though, because before all of that, before everything, before anything in the world, the only thing that matters in this business 
is integrity. Nothing else matters. Not a damn thing matters before that. If you, if you borrow money and you lose it, you just pay it back. I don't care what you got to do. You pay it back. You know, the best way to be able to pay money back is don't get yourself in positions that if it fails, that you're, that you can't handle it. But make sure you don't get out. What are they? My dad, my dad's a Marine. He says, don't let your poodle dog ass overload your bulldog mouth. You know, you, you can't get out too far ahead of yourself and start gambling that things are going to go right if you don't know how to cover them if they go wrong. If you can't cover the worst case scenario, don't even go into the deal because then you're going to wreck your reputation and your integrity. And the only reason I have $16 million worth of private money, take a guess. I pay those people no matter what happens to me. That's right. I love I it. People no matter what happens to me. And they will not even know. One time a doctor said, what happens if a house burns down? I said, one of your houses already did burn down. He says, which house, which house? I said, oh, I don't know, doc. It was about 10 years ago. He was, I had a house burn down. You didn't call me. I said, no. He says, why didn't you call me? I says, cause it's none of your damn business. <laughs> your business was to get a check, right? That's right. Yeah, I sent you a check. That wasn't your business. Well, you know, it's the, uh, it's the, the point. It's always nice to tell the investors that, you know, get an investor and, and offer them returns, but there's nothing more important than a return of capital and just doing the right thing and returning the capital. So Mitch, this has been great. I, I've learned a ton. I'm sure I know the listeners are going to get a ton out of this for people to reach out, find more about you, find more about what you're doing. Where's the best way to connect? Well, look, um, go to 1000houses.com, but better than that, go to 1000houses.com forward slash free book and you can get a copy of my, my first book, which was kind of the autobiographical version of how I, a dummy figured out how to make a little bit of money and then rinse and repeat. It's called My Life in a Thousand Houses, Failing Forward to Financial Freedom. You can get a free copy of this book um, just by going to 1000houses.com forward slash free book. And then you can see, I got all kinds of free stuff there. I got every phone numbers, connections. I mean, that's the most logical place to find me, find anything you want about me and hook up or get a number or an email address or whatever. Um, so all I ask is that you pay the shipping. It's a big book. It's a heavy book. And so I'll give it to you. Sells every day, uh, every day on Amazon for nineteen ninety nine. Wow. And check it out. It has over 255 star reviews. Love it. Well, Mitch, we'll, we'll link that I'm into it. being transparent. So the first 10 reviews are me and my family. So just don't, don't believe the first, the first 10 is bullshit. But after <laughs> that, the other 240 are good. <laughs> well, this has been awesome, Mitch. We'll link that in the show notes. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I've enjoyed this tremendously. I know people are going to get a ton of wealth out there. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Hey, Jason, it's my pleasure, man. And, uh, have you been on my show? You're going to be on my show? I've been on your show. I was on a show when I was a couple months back. I don't know if it's air jet or not, but I've been out there for it. You know, we've got over 300 archived shows there at reinvestorsummit.com. That's yeah. my, my podcast. But we're going to have to do it again because, man, this is a huge subject and there's so much to talk about. We can never get, we can never finish. You know what I mean? That's right. I love it. Well, Mitch, thanks so much. I've been talking about real estate for 24 years. From the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep, I don't know why. I mean, I guess I was meant to do that. You sure were. This is awesome. Good. Well, Mitch, right. we appreciate your time. For everyone listening, we appreciate your time as well. This is Jason with the Real Estate Investing Foundation Podcast. Huge thank you to Mitch Steven. This has been an awesome show. Bye now. Bye now. Thanks for tuning into the REI Foundation Podcast. Check back next time for more awesome tips and strategies to launch your new you in real estate.